Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are once again going through two divisions, the AFC East and the NFC North, breaking out all four teams for each, talking about every single selection that they had in the 2022 NFL Draft, giving you what we loved, what we liked, what we didn't exactly agree with, what we didn't get, and then an overall grade for every single team in that division. We're going to talk about how they made their picks, certain trades. This episode is definitely going to talk a lot about moving up, moving down in the draft, how that goes into these draft grades, and so much more. I am Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers, fresh off watching his team ugh, come up just short in triple overtime action Brutal. in playoff hockey. Connor, I'm I'm surprised you even made it to the podcast, buddy. You gotta be you gotta be hurting today. I am hurting. You'll hear it a little bit in my voice. Uh, it's just been it's just been one of those runs right now. Every the day started out good. Mets win the doubleheader, both games, uh, triple overtime. I'm not going to get on here and complain about NFL fish, uh, NHL officiating, but it's an absolute dumpster fire. Rangers still should have won the game, so it's disappointing. We're moving on, dude. We're, we're sad hockey fans Run. right now, you and I, Run. but we're moving on. We're going to be okay. Hey, listen, Tampa Bay Lightning lost. I, what was it? What was it? Five nothing, not six nothing. I, I couldn't keep. I, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. I don't know how much they lost by, but we're all bouncing back. We're all bouncing back. The end of the week is going to be better than how the week started. I'll just, uh, I'll just say that. But okay, we're not here to talk about hockey. We are t- here to talk about some draft grades. Go through the NFC North and the AFC East. All four teams in each division break down every single selection that all four, all eight of those teams made, and then give you a draft grade afterwards from both Connor and I. Before we get to that, got to remind people that this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Jock Market. That is Jock M K T. Their motto: Stop betting, start trading. It's a really cool way to bet on some sports, get some skin in the game, but. It's a little it's a little different. It's more of a stock market feel. It's more individual. If you know one player is going to have a great matchup. Let's say they're on a hitting streak in baseball or they're on a big rebounding streak in basketball, whatever it is. If you know a player is going to have a great game that night, you can buy shares of that player. And the cool thing is that all the shares have a guaranteed cash payout at the end of the night. You can throw $5, 5 shares each. $25 on the line. And if that player has the best night of any player in the league, you're going to get paid like $100 a share. And you are you are going to get like an insane amount of money. No, it's not $100 a share, but you're, you're going to have a good be, old time. You are going to have a good old time. It is. It's a really cool way to actually put some skin into the game and bet. Um, you go over to Jock Market. It's jockmkt.com backslash PFF, or you download the app. That's how Connor and I use it. If you use the promo code PFF at sign up, Whatever your first deposit is, up to $100, they're going to match you up 100%. So check it out. Friends over at Jock Market, jockmkt.com backslash PFF. Where are we starting? We starting in the uh, we starting in the NFC North? You want to we do that? We are starting in the North, and we are starting with the team that kicked things off in the North in this draft with the Detroit Lions, my friend. What'd you love? <sighs> what didn't I love? Right, the, it's a good the, one. The, a lion, good the one. Lions out here navigating this draft. Okay, they get Aiden Hutchinson, but... He's he's more of a like than a love, and I'll get to that in a second. I loved the Jameson William pick. This is my wide receiver one in this draft. And they moved up from 32 to 12 to go get this young man. And all they gave up for it was 12, 46, and then they got back. Or no, they got 12 and 46, and all they had to give up was 32, 34, and 66. That's insane. What are the Vikings doing? What are the Vikings? What? This is an interdivision trade in which I think, my humble opinion, you got fleeced. I'm sorry, Quessy. I I love you. I think you're going to be a great GM. I really do. This was not a good first trade, but it was to the benefit of the Lions. Love that they were able to get so aggressive and go get a Jamison Williams to already pair with Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a fantastic finish to last season. I also loved um, Pascal, the pass rusher that they got from Kentucky, who, man, I think that he is so versatile. Josh Pascal is the man. He, He has had such an up and down career at Kentucky. 
had an illness that forced him to miss so much time. He was able to bounce back from it and become it's cancer, just, right? Dude, yes, it was. Crazy, it was. And it's something crazy. that he fought through and he got back on the football field. It's incredible, man, for him to have that diagnosis and have that work ethic and get back on the field, become the prospect that he did. I think he's going to be a fantastic pro. He has he has great versatility, I believe, as an inside out player. He can play anywhere from the three tech to the five tech for you as an edge or, or an interior guy. So I love the versatility that he is going to bring the Detroit Lions de- defensive line. Those are the two picks for those two reasons that i love the most what about you man i I really love touch um for that team sometimes the the fit really does matter so much right when you look at the staying home in a sense getting those people in detroit really excited about their lions i think it's pretty cool for me um top three player for me so i had no problem with him going number two love jameson you nailed it trevor the trade up and i'm going to talk more about that when we get to the vikings usually in division trades you pay a significant tax for whatever reason, they got the sale of the century. I mean, you're talking about a, a pretty significant difference in terms of the value. So um, it was not even. It was a great trade by Brad Holmes and the Lions. Here's the one I loved that I, I can't believe the value. Malcolm Rodriguez, um, a guy that oh. went in the sixth round, pick 188. I had him as my 70th ranked player in this draft. I think he's a starter at inside linebacker. I think he's great downhill. I think he's got excellent instincts. He's one of the rare linebackers in this draft that can take on contact over and over again, stack and shed, make a play. So there were three picks that I loved in this Lions draft. I liked Josh Paschal. Like you said, I think he's going to be a very boring player for the Detroit Lions in the best way, where he's going to be able to contain. He's going to be able to stop the run. He could play five tech uh, on early downs, three tech, like you kind of said, on some passing downs. So that was a, a nice, safe pick. Didn't love the Kirby Joseph value. I, I understand the fit, though. They needed a cover safety. They need a guy that has range next to Tracy Walker on the back end. I didn't value him. They valued him maybe a round earlier than where I had him, but the fit made a lot of sense. So uh, to put a bow on it from my end, I love the Lions draft. And A-, minus. this is one of those turn-the-corner-as-a-franchise kind of drafts. I know there's all the talk's going to be about Jared Goff and the quarterback situation. Whether he's the future or somebody else is the future, they have a really, really nice ground floor there that didn't exist before brad holmes and dan campbell got there you were asking me what i loved about it and i forgot to even read off the entire lions draft which we're going to do at the beginning of each team i just forgot it there uh first round i'll just do that now aiden hutchinson jameson williams that's who they got there josh pascal they got in the second round kirby joseph in the third as as connor was kind of talking about there no picks in the fourth round fifth round james mitchell the tight end from virginia tech sixth round malcolm rodriguez a guy that Connor said he he really liked the linebacker at Oklahoma State. James Houston, the fourth, former Florida Gator, um, but Jackson State University edge player there. And then the last pick that they had was Chase Lucas, the cornerback out of Arizona State. So I'll just go to the picks because we've got it broken up into three categories. If you guys listened to the last episode that we have, loved, liked, and then didn't get. So the loved picks, I, I said, Jameson Williams, the value they got back for that, and then where they picked Josh Pascal, I, I really liked. I, I liked... Aiden Hutchinson, the reason why I don't have a love is simply because Kayvon Thibodeau is my edge one. I'm with so you there. That's, that's the only reason why this is not a love pick. But hometown kid gets to stay in Detroit. I, it, all of the rest of it is there. I just had to make note of that. And since we have those two categories, loved and liked, they're both positive. That's why I put Hutchinson into the like category. But I also really like James Mitchell. Now, he was coming off a season-ending injury, but this athletic, really good pass-catching tight end who I think we would have been talking about pretty highly in this tight end class if he didn't get hurt. So I thought he had a lot of production previously, really nice production. So for them to get him in, where was it? What did I say? The fifth round? What was it? Uh, where they get to? Yeah, fifth round. It was fifth round, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fifth, fifth round pick. I pick really like the value there. Love the ceiling of what he could be. The don't get for me in this category with the Lions None. Mm. I, I really, I, yeah. I don't have, I really don't have one. I thought about the Kirby Joseph one because I saw your list as I was filling mine out. And, you know, this team just needs safeties. They really do. We talked to Jeff Risden during the guest mock draft series, and he was telling us that safety could have very well been in play at 32 had the Lions stayed at 32. With those picks that were both right there, not just 32, but I guess 34 as well, he was really saying safety is something they're going to look very heavily at. So, I get it after picking the obvious at number two with Aiden Hutchinson going up to get Jamison Williams. So you don't get that pick at 30 to 34 because you had traded it away for them to go get a safety in the third round. I'm okay with it. 
knowing what they thought of their safety room and how they needed to upgrade that. So that uh, I gave it an A as well. I give this a uh, th- this uh, this draft an A it was one of my favorites, no doubt about it. Really, really good draft for the Lions. Imagine if they traded up in the third round and took Malik Willis. That would have just been. And I mean, obviously Malik's a bit of a wild card as a prospect, but that would have been just crazy was for them. Malik, but was Malik still there when they picked Kirby Joseph? No, no, he went 86th, I believe. Kirby went 97th. You're right. You're right. Um, okay, but okay. still, a that would have been that would have been the one that I could have been like, all right, we could we could pencil into that category if he was still available. All right, Green Bay Packers, uh, if you listen to our night one recap, you kind of heard me eviscerate them a little bit. Uh, they did a really good job after that, which I was happy to see. I-, I didn't love anything in this draft, but I liked a lot of it. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's what you need to do. So I really liked all the offensive line picks, Trevor. I, I mean, Zach Tom, Sean Ryan, uh, Rashid Walker was one of the better value picks in the entire draft in my eyes. Yeah, I'm so I, surprised they got I, him. I, I don't way, understand man. him being in the seventh round. I, I talked to an offensive line coach that would, you know, would have been crazy. pretty comfortable with him in the third or fourth if they needed him, but they didn't need him. Um, Zach Tom, I think, can be a starter at center. I know they have Josh Myers there, but fourth round kind of athlete that they draft. Once again, Sean Ryan's the kind of guy that is that tackle flex guy they always like. Green Bay drafts these guys every single year, and it seems to work out for them more than not. So I loved their offensive line draft. I, As you know, and I won't go too far down the road, I did not get Quay Walker uh, as a top 25 pick. I truthfully did not get playing roulette at wide receiver, and, and let me clarify what I mean by that. I really like Christian Watson and the idea of what Christian Watson can be. I really like Romeo Dubs. I think these guys can be impact yep. players. I don't know if either of them are ready to be impact players this year, where my biggest argument with the Packers and why I gave them a B, which is a rock solid grade. I think they had a, a draft where they got a couple starters, a couple role players. I didn't like the lack of aggression at the top of this draft. I thought they should have moved from either 22 or 28. I know everybody says that's not what they do. That's not what they do. I would have went up and got Chris Alave. Um, obviously they probably wanted somebody that was going to play right away. So you can't kill them too much for not going up for Jamison Williams, but I would have went up for a Chris Alave kind of player. I like Traylon Burks fit on this team a lot. I know some people did not. I don't know. It was just, I saw a lot of teams contenders get really aggressive in this draft. I saw the chiefs do it. I saw, um, the saints do it. I saw a lot of different teams go up and go get players. The bills did it. I, I don't like green Bay being so static on day one and i know they made a lot of nice moves on day two but they had a good draft it was a b for me okay so we'll we'll, we'll i'll recap it quay walker the linebacker out of georgia and then Devonte. oh yeah sorry i always forget to do that no it's okay it's all right we're just we're, we're you, you, excited you are anxious. excited you are anxious to get to it so i know that people appreciate the passion there we got quay walker and then Devonte wyatt in the first round christian watson in the second sean ryan the offensive attack from ucla in the third romeo dubs and uh zach tom in the fourth We've got Kingsley and Igbari in the fifth round. No picks in the sixth round. Tariq Carpenter, the safety from Georgia Tech in the seventh round. Jonathan Ford, defensive lineman from Miami. Uh, and then Rashid Walker, the offensive tackle from Penn State. Oh, they had uh, Samori Torre as well, the wide receiver from yep. Nebraska. And that kind of rounded out a lot of seventh round picks for them. I loved Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Romeo Dubs. You mentioned it there. I think that them not going after offensive line until those points in the draft was a little bit of a risk, but the players that they got there I think, out. have a lot of versatility to them. Like I, I think that they have seen firsthand how much it matters when you have a player that gives you versatility to fill a lot of different holes in your offensive line, like Al- Elton Jenkins has been able to do for them over the last couple of years. Now I'm not going to say that these guys are going to be as good as Jenkins has because he's been fantastic, but the value is certainly there of having a guy who you get to you 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 truly get to say, well, we like him as a player. Let's figure out where he's best, and we'll play him where he's best. And if that might be in a backup role in a certain situation to start, or it might be as a starter in a certain role to start. Like that's that is what the Packers are are allowing themselves to do. And I think that that's a smart way to go about offensive line play, just letting the uh, the, the talent rise to the top, if you will. Romeo Dubs, I think he's great as a vertical threat for them. That was his bread and butter in Nevada's offense as Carson Strong's main guy deep down the field. And so I wasn't as high on Romeo Dubs as it seems other people might have been pre-draft. Same. But for where they got him was a fifth-round pick. And yep. in an offense where Aaron Rodgers likes to chug deep, I think that there is some there's some 
cautious optimism that this guy could be a big difference maker for you right off the bat. I said this on the PFF draft show, but this is a situation where you're hoping Romeo Dubs can become ideally a Gabriel Davis type because Gabriel Davis had that same kind of outlook where he was simply a vertical nine ball wide receiver coming out of UCF. That offense at UCF was simply, they're going to hike the football. Gabe Davis is going to go down the field, down the sideline. We're going to throw it to him. And that was his, that was what he was known as coming in the NFL. And in Buffalo, he started out as that, but he's become a lot more. So maybe that could be the case with Romeo dubs as well. I liked the Devonte Wyatt pick given you did your you did your research on the off the field stuff because yeah. he has had off the field issues that came up during this draft process that I think are a big reason why he was available at 28 they are yep so as long as they did their due diligence there a lot more than I have the capabilities to do sitting in this chair then I like to pick he's a very talented player was the number 10 overall player on my PFF or on my big board and then look Connor this feels like a hot take at this point I like Christian Watson. Like, sure. I, I think that there was reason to believe that if you're taking him at 22 or 28 for the Packers, this is a little bit rich, but even trading up to get him at the beginning of the second round, like I'm okay with this. This was always yep. going to be their type of receiver. He's Good a big, Vikings again, tall right? guy, right? Yeah. The Vikings just making, are you in our, are you in our division? We're here to help you out. It's unheard I like, of. Look, it's you know, Christian of. Watson needs to improve the ball skills he does that's the biggest question mark that goes within his game i think that he's also pretty green at route running just because he was not asked to do it a lot at north dakota state but who he is right now doesn't mean that he's always going to be like that and instead he's got a lot of traits that you want to normally bet on so heck playing with one of the best passers who's ever played the game before over the next couple of years certainly is going to be as good of a teacher for his ball skills as he is ever going to get. So I, I still like that pick, even though people didn't seem to like it. Quay Walker uh, at 22 is a little sketchy on it. And then I totally echo and agree with your point. The lack of aggression to go get a different wide receiver, I, I wish was a little bit different from Green Bay. And maybe it was, right? We talked about this pre-draft. It's the picks that don't happen that kind yep. of intrigued me the most. Maybe Green Bay was on the phone. Maybe they were just short of getting here or there. You know, pick 11, pick 12 to go get one of these wide receivers, and they just came up a little bit short. But if they weren't, and it didn't seem like the price to move up was that high. Got to do it. Then I kind of wonder, why were you sitting back? Why were you that comfortable letting the board fall to you when you know you needed to go out and get an impact guy? So that's... That w- those are my total thoughts for the Packers. I think you gave it a B or a B plus. One of those two things. I gave. It I gave a B it a B. Gave it a B. Yeah, plus. it was a good draft. It was a really solid draft. Um, okay, so the Minnesota Vikings here. They took Lewis Seen and the, they traded a lot, but they took they Lewis Seen in the first round, the safety from Georgia. Yeah. Andrew Booth in the second round, corner from Clemson. Ed Ingram in the second round, guard from LSU. Brian Asamoa the linebacker from Oklahoma in the third round, Caleb Evans, the corner from Missouri in the fourth round, two fifth-round picks, uh, Asezi Otomewu, uh, the Minnesota defensive lineman, Ty Chandler, the running back from UNC. That was both their fifth-round picks, two sixth-round picks, a lot of picks in this draft. They really wanted to go volume route in uh, Adolfo Mensa's first draft. Vidarian Lowe, Illinois offensive tackle, and Jalen Naylor, the wide receiver from Michigan State. Later in the sixth round, and then the seventh round, Nick Muse, a tight end uh, from South Carolina. So when you look at this one, for me, Trevor, I really want to explain myself here because, and I'm not going to give away the grade, but I really want to be thorough in my explanation because I I looked at it and factored in trade values, Mm -hmm. right? Trading with division opponents a couple of times and not taxing them that you traditionally would. Um and obviously overall impact and and value and i think this is the most important i would be a fraud if i got on here and said this draft was even average in my eyes because if you just if somebody went back and looked at my big board and looked at the value they got significant negative value on almost every pick they made for me besides lewis scene lewis scene was my 21st overall player they got him 32nd i really like that pick a lot Andrew Booth was pretty close. He was 42nd. I had him 50th. 
after that, they were just in a different stratosphere for me than everybody else. And I'm not, I'm, we're just a show where we're going to talk about the New England Patriots. And th- this team was the team that was in a different stratosphere. Ed do, Ingram. Wait, wait, do, you have, do you have a lower grade on the Vikings than you did? Like significantly. And oh I, I know my Minnesota. Gosh, you do. I know you Minnesota fans. I know Minnesota fans are not going to like me after this, and I just want them to give me a chance here. <laughs> Ed, Ed Ingram, I had 124. They took him 59th. Asamoah is a fine player. He's a money backer. They took him 66. They had him 105. Caleb mm-hmm. Evans, developmental corner in my eyes. They took him 118th. I had him 195. Otomewo, um 212. They took him 165th. Ty Chandler, 253. They took him 169th. Vidarian Lowe, developmental offensive lineman at 240. They took him 184. That one I don't mind because you're developmental offensive linemen can be a big difference on the board. It's just a matter of what you think of them and your scheme. And then Jalen Naylor, once again, I don't really mind this one. They took him 191. Uh, I had him 230. So I think my problem here, Trevor, is you moved out of significant picks a couple times and you did not really get adequate value back from your division rivals. And I don't really think this team got much better in a division that you can run away from the Bears. You can run away from the Lions. The goal should be coming out in round one and throwing your best haymaker at Green Bay, which I know is tough, but with Kirk Cousins at quarterback and the roster that you've inherited, you can do that. And I don't think this draft did that for them. I loved Lewisine. I liked nothing else. I didn't get the trades at all. The trade with the Lions in my eyes was horrible. Horrible trade. Um, And I didn't get the value on the picks that I already explained. It was a negative 404 value rankings Ice. first picks I've, i don't i don't know like maybe and maybe i'll look like a fool and you know i think scene's going to be a long time starter and can be a high-end player mm-hmm. i think booth can get there he's got to get healthy and fix some aggressive issues but that pick was it was okay i don't i wasn't the biggest andrew booth guy in this class but i see the upside as a starting number two cornerback i i'm not convinced they got anything else from this draft where they had a million picks and, and i gave it a d plus which I know is is just scald. It's it's a tough grade, but I I gave this a D plus. I I, I don't I understand GMs playing quantity on their first draft, and I saw it recently here in New York. Joe Douglas did it in two thousand twenty, uh, and he had a terrible draft. It didn't work. I, it doesn't. It's you really got to nail your picks and nail a couple picks if you're going to go the quantity route, moving out of value spots. And I think the Vikings got a little too cute in this draft yeah i'm i'm looking up some of the man okay so i, I was initially what would you say i said you feel me yeah i was initially higher on this draft when i was doing the pff recap i think show. i did the same thing on the br show like coming in real time i was like oh okay i kind of see this and I then gave when them I put it all together i was yeah. like these trades did not make a lot of sense to me right I gave him oh. a, I gave him a B minus I think on the on the show I'd give him a C minus now I love Lewis C- oh so you're right there with me I gave him a D plus you gave him a C minus yeah I give him like a C or a C minus and I think when you look at it maybe just for the players themselves you think that Lewis Seen's going to be a really good football player I like Andrew Booth a lot when he's healthy but the trade from twelve to thirty two I think we have talked about is bad even in a year where you you were not getting as much value as you wanted, I think every team was kind of in that boat, I still thought the deal was bad, objectively. And then yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at how the draft went, and, and they took Andrew Booth, who I like Andrew Booth, right? But there are concerns about him long-term with his health, especially after two surgeries. Uh, two core surgery. surgeries now, right? right? Not good. I, that's Not the great. only surgery I've had and coming back from it. And I know Andrew Booth is a different athlete than me, but I could not fathom getting that surgery twice. Sucks. So, so they picked Andrew Booth at 42. Yeah. They had 34 where they traded away that pick to the Green, Green Bay. Bay Packers. The corners that go after that pick are Roger McCreary and Kyler Gordon. So you look at Andrew Booth and you go, okay, they took Andrew Booth at number 42. That was basically the last corner that they possibly could have taken because it is a drop after that. It was a severe drop off. So you had the opportunity to, and look, maybe they liked Andrew Booth more than the other guys. Sure. But the the long-term injury worries me. 
And the fact that they had the chance to basically pick Roger McCreary or Kyler Gordon as well at that top selection, traded out of it, and then were basically forced into only being able to pick Andrew Booth at 42. I that that I don't like either. So I don't really I, I get it. You know, PFF talks about how trading back is often better, anyways, because you get more darts at the dartboard and just the percentages that players are going to turn out. Like it just helps you when you trade back, when you acquire more picks, when you navigate things that way. I hear it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that logic, but at the same time, trading back and trading up also has to account for the exact players that you are moving for and that you are selected. Cause at the end of the day, those are the guys who are going to be on the field. Like th- you are making the moves for those players. So for them to trade a couple of times in the division, I really didn't like that. I, I, I Now that I'm looking at it, I really didn't like how they navigated going that cornerback selection at the top of the second round. I hated the value that they got moving from 12 to 32. Yeah, there's a lot that I don't like here. I didn't love this draft. How are Vikings fans going to feel if Jameson Williams or Christian Watson run by the secondary for the next eight years? Yeah, probably not good. And your GM was like, yeah, <laughs> come, come right in. Come grab them. Yeah. It it felt almost I really respect Quasi for being above the like old NFL minds of we don't trade with division rivals, but you also need to make sure you are winning the deal when you do that. And right. I don't even think it was even Right. They're calling you, you know? You're not calling them. No, it's not even even. They're calling you. Uh, interesting. I think it's an interesting draft for Questy. We'll we'll see how it pans out. Vikings fans, if if we're not looking at this the right way, let us know. But um, yeah, I, I I don't see it here. I just I just I do not see it. Chicago Bears. All right, let's move on to Chicago Bears. Pulling up the Bears. Fire away there, big shooter. Second round because they never first round pick. They go Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington. They also go Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. Third round, Valus Jones Jr the wide receiver from Tennessee, Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle in the fifth round, Dominique Robinson as well as in in the fifth round, sixth round, they got Zachary Thomas, the offensive tackle from San Diego State, Tristan Ebner, the halfback from Baylor, uh, Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois, Jeterry Carter, the offensive tackle from Southern University, Elijah Hicks, the safety from California, then Trenton Gill, the punter at 255. Out of North Carolina State. That's many, where you take a punter, baby. How many seventh round picks do they have? Uh, three. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, they had three, six three round sixth picks. rounders. Yeah, three seventh round picks. The Bears had a good old party at late day three in the draft. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. All all uh <laughs> all dar- all darts are equal, right? John all, darts, all darts at the dartboard are equal. Okay, maybe not. Dart uh, left handed throws. What'd you think of the Bears draft here? You know what, dude? All things considered. I didn't mind it. I didn't love it. I didn't mind it. Here's the catch-22 with the Bears draft. It was pretty cool. It's a disaster for Justin Fields. So when you could separate those two things, you end up somewhere in the middle like I did. I love Jaquan Brisker. This is one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, Jaquan Brisker was a really nice pick at 48. There was some value there for that spot. I loved Dominique Robinson. Uh, He was a... Player I valued as a top 120 player in this draft. They got him at 174. Converted wide receiver to pass rusher. That's something you don't really hear very often. So this dude's pretty awesome, and he's a good athlete, and I I really like that pick. I liked Kyler Gordon. So I love Brisker, love Robinson, liked Kyler Gordon. I really liked Vilas Jones Jr., but I didn't get the pick for them at that spot. Like when I, It's crazy, and I've said this before. When you find a day three player, you're like, man, I really like this guy. I'm rooting for him to find the right spot on day three and go show some value. They took Vilas Jones Jr. in the top 75 of the draft. Add him at 150, and he's mm-hmm. 25 years old this month. He's 25 years old this month. Happy birthday, Vilas Jones. Yeah, happy birthday, Vilas Jones Jr. This is nothing against you because I really, really like you as a player and think you have more upside as, at receiver when you've been a co-SEC special teams player of the year guy with Jamison Williams this year. Um, and then I, I didn't really get the developmental offensive line strategy for an offensive line that's not really good right now. It was like, oh, let's take a million developmental offensive linemen and see how this goes. Braxton Jones, develop, big-time developmental guy. Zachary Thomas, um, kind of the opposite. I don't really see the upside there. Doug Kramer, Jatire Carter. They just, they just threw, like you said, all these left-handed darts, Trevor, on the offensive line. This offensive line needs to be better in mandatory minicamp in June, not three years from now. 
So sure. right. did not like this draft for Justin Fields. I think it set up Justin Fields to fail this year, and I hope he can, you know, overcome the lack of talent around him overall. But I loved what it did for Eberflu's defense. It was a B minus. I really it's funny to like so many of the picks, but when you look at the big picture, you just have some concerns. You know, I like the Braxton Jones pick. I really do. He had a 93.3 overall grade for us, PFF, uh, obviously going up against lesser competition at Southern, but obviously dominated. It looks like he moves really well, super long wingspan, very high ceiling for this guy. Needs to get a little bit stronger for sure. But I, I so I, I got to say that, like, I love that pick. I think it's a great pick for the Chicago Bears. It's a really good investment there. I also like Dominic Robinson. Those two guys that, that I love, that I love their selection there. It gets a little bit tricky as we as we kind of get into what I didn't like. I liked Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker for the reasons that you named as individual football players. They're going you think to they're going to be good players. They That's are going to make to. this defense yeah. awesome. Yeah. They are going to be. They are going to increase the coverage potential of this team and what they're able to do in the secondary uh, a lot. You know, pairing Eddie Jackson with a guy like Jaquan Brisker is going to be money. Pairing J- uh, Jalen Johnson with a guy like Kyler Gordon is going to be money. All of a sudden, you got a really nice secondary there in Chicago, and I'm a big fan of those players individually. But you get to the don't get part of my analysis here, lack of urgency for Justin Fields, man. I would have loved the Braxton Jones pick just as much if they would have invested offensive line a little bit earlier, right, with one of those first two picks. Same thing at wide receiver, man. Vailus Jones Jr., I don't have to look at Bayless Jones Jr. and think that's supposed to be the star wide receiver that you got out of this draft class. They lose Allen Robinson and you replace him with Bayless Jones Jr. in the third round. That's what I have as the takeaway now for the Chicago Bears offseason. Trevor, you know what you know what the tough one it. was? Still love it. I think the tough one for me is taking Bayless Jones, who I really think would have made it outside the top 100 at 71, and passing on Bernard Raymond. In right. that spot well the bernard raymond is going to be i think when when people as we all love to do play the game where you just like look back on draft classes and, and self-deprecate yourself and think what could have been for your team especially recently over the next couple of months this summer the bernard raymond pick being so late is going to be in a lot of people's well they could have had bernard raymond you're right you're right but i do believe that but the, the bears, really, bears, needed bernard, bernard raymond. The bears it, really needed bernard raymond and once again i i will go down on the hill that Vilas jones was not going to be a top 100 pick but if you love the guy i just not a bad know, draft not a bad I, draft like right, they got I, good like, players i think the play it's just it's such an interesting draft because i think the players are good but i have to look at Vilas jones i mean you, you look at what the chicago bears did in uh in free agency they signed equimini st brown to a one-year deal and byron pringle to a one-year deal I mean, come on, dude. And, and, and it's now, like player 47 on your right. roster. And, and, and now I have to look at Bayless Jones Jr. as if he is the guy that is 100% the wide receiver that they're bringing in to really help Justin Fields. And I don't like him for that role. I wish they would have just picked another receiver a little bit higher and you could appropriately play and emphasize and get the most out of um, Bayless. But I, again, I, I, don't, I don't mean to crap on the players. They're good players. I just don't, I didn't get the overall emphasis for fields unless you are truly looking down the road 2023 free agency period 2023 nfl draft and saying to yourself we are going so far all in we already know that our salary cap is going to be right for it our draft picks are going to be right for it and at that point we're going to surround justin fields from what he needs for those last two years in his contract to show us is he our franchise quarterback but even then man you're playing with fire on the timeline you're I'm just it, you're wasting precious time on the rookie deal, but maybe they don't love Fields. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Don't, it's either that or you know you have to worry about him, uh, his development being ruined by the end of by, next by year, the, right? By the offensive line. Yeah, a guy that's been hurt a lot. Let's call it what it is. He got hurt in college. He got hurt in his rookie season. Um, it's it's fascinating to me, and I guess this regime's not really in a hurry. You know, they're not in a hurry. Is what it is. They'd rather just get good players right now and. Oh, it's tricky. I can applaud that because if I put myself in the chair, I don't think it's as easy as people think sometimes yep. where you're working with the guy that you didn't draft. Are you going to tie your entire career to that, whether that's right or wrong? You might just rather take good players your first year and then worry about all the rest later. And we've seen the Lions Maybe so. Maybe kind so. of operate that way. And we right. really like what the Lions did this year. So I think, yeah, I think that they definitely believe that they're multi-year rebuild. You just, you, I mean, it's just, you're, you're, I don't want to say backing yourself into a corner, but you got to nail it next offseason. 
That's all I'm saying. You really got to nail the offensive side of the ball next offseason for sure. Uh, we're going to pop over to the AFC East. We're going to get to Hunter's beloved New York Jets and uh, the rest of that division. But before we do that, introducing our newest sponsor, Sunday. Does your lawn have weeds, bear patches, pet spots? Well, Sunday can help you solve all these problems and more the easy way. They've got everything that you need from fertilizer to seeds to weed control. It is all Let's delivered go. right to your door. Connor and I don't have lawns right now. This is making we, me want one again. We yearn for lawn care. So do it for us, people. Do it for us. Listen to this. Get involved with what Sunday is putting down here to make sure that your lawn is as tip-top as it can be. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. They're custom plans include fertilizer and everything that you need to easily care for your lawn you can feel good with the kids and the pets all running around on it just attach the ready to use pouch onto a garden hose and spray that's it takes less than 15 minutes sunday's offering 20 percent off to our listeners like i just said we can't have a lawn please just do it for us. <laughs> Just do it. Do it for us. The full season plan starts at $129. You can get 20% off of that at checkout. When you visit getsunday.com slash NFL, that's 20% off your custom lawn plan or at getsunday.com slash NFL. All right, Connor, bouncing over to the AFC East now, and we might as well give the people what they want. We might as well give them what they want. We might as well start with the New York Jets at number four overall. They took Ahmad Garner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State at number 10. Jermaine Johnson at 26, the edge rusher from Florida State. Second round, Brees Hall, halfback from Iowa State. wonder if we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> Rucker in the third round, the tight end from Ohio State. Probably not. <laughs> Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle from Louisiana in the fourth round. Also, Michael Clemens, the edge rusher from Texas A&M. Fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, bunch of squat. Nada. Nothing. Done. F them Got out early, headed to the bars to celebrate what was an incredible draft. Connor, what'd you love about it? A lot. Um, I loved the first round and the aggressive nature of it. I, I thought that, you know, you obviously get a, a player that was one of the best in this class in sauce. You got a guy that I thought was the best wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. And then you saw a player that they loved, a top 10 guy in Jermaine Johnson falling, falling, falling. And you got back in the round, and you didn't get completely robbed to get back in the round, and you got him. So you solved three mammoth needs, corner, wide receiver, and pass rusher in the first round. And I liked how aggressive they were, not just in the first round. I, I Maybe I'm crazy. I liked Brees Hall a lot. I liked Brees Hall a real lot. I mean, as the 30th player in this draft, they took him 36th. I'll say this as somebody who has done way too much Jets content for way too long. <laughs> The Jets running back room outside of Michael Carter kind of sucked. I'm sorry, but Tevin Coleman's a nice player. He's hurt every year. He's hurt every year. And right. it's not a matter of if, it's when all the time. Ty Johnson dropped every single outlet that Zach Wilson threw him last year, and it drove everybody insane. And then it got into the and you know, plug your ears here, Trevor. It got to the point where they had to play LaMichael P. Ryan sometimes, and it just it didn't work very well. Good. Um, and <laughs> and that that wasn't say Trevor loved LaMichael P. Ryan. Just a little shout out that he's a Gator. Um, so don't don't come at Trevor's throat thinking he's LaMichael P. Ryan's number one fan. Um, so I own I own his signed rookie card. I'm invested. Oh no, <laughs> man, I got some bad ones. Um, <laughs> so it was a big need. Because when Michael Carter got the chance to be the lead back last year for a team that wants to run the heck out of the football, they have a first-round guard and a $13 million guard, mm -hmm. he got hurt. He got hurt. He wasn't the lead back in college, and he's not going to be the lead back with the Jets. He's a really nice player that's going to be better as the number two. And they got a dude that I thought was far and away the best running back in this draft. I think he catches the ball. He's got breakaway speed. He could break tackles. He could do everything. He could really do everything. And he plays hard, underclassman team captain. So I don't know when we got to this point. The war on running backs has gone way, 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 way too far. And I like Brees Hall and think he's going to be a really, really good player for a run-heavy football team. The only thing I didn't get with the Jets was, and it's why it's not an A+, plus. it was just an A for me, I didn't like the Michael Clemens pick. I, I don't traditionally value guys in the fourth round that are older and have bad character. And hopefully he proves us all wrong and, and matures and takes care of all those things. 
the film's pretty good, honestly. He knows how to use his length. He's a tough guy on the edge. He can play the run. He's got some pass rush juice. But I didn't think the Jets needed another rusher. I didn't think they needed to take... This was a reach in my eyes. Uh, it was the anti-Jeremy Rucker pick. The Rucker pick was like a 50-plus value to me. That was Hell awesome. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, but this one to me, this was a... I'll say it. I thought it was a really bad pick. Um, so, so it was an A. The Jets had an awesome draft. It feels good to say that. And it, it, if Zach Wilson can take any kind of step forward, it can it can be a turning point for them to be finally maybe competitive again. Dude, I, I, I there's there's no way I could give this draft anything other than an A. Uh, the things I loved about it, all of it. The things I liked about it, all of it. I, I mean, the the only way this draft could have possibly gotten better for me um, and my player evaluation is if at four they picked Derek Stingley, which they didn't have the chance to. Cause Stingley yep, was off the board, sure. and if they picked Drake London at ten, which they didn't have the chance to because and they he was liked off both the of those guys a lot. <laughs> right, and so like yeah. the only way this draft gets better for me is if they're able uh, to do those things. I I guess. I should also throw in the fact that if they would have picked George Karloftis instead of Jermaine Johnson, because I had George Karloftis okay. ranked higher. But like, it's we're, we're splitting hairs at that point. You yeah. and I talked about it in our favorite drafts episode on Monday. That the thing that I like the most about what the Jets did is I think they took a look at how the first three picks went, did a really great job of evaluating the intel that they had on the rest of the league and picked accordingly because at, right number, on. at number four overall Kevin Thibodeau was still on the board right you could have gone with a player like that you could have gone with that pass rusher where they picked a pass rusher at the back end of the first round instead but I think that they looked at this situation and they said hmm Derek Stingley just went off at three we don't pick again until 10 the Giants are probably going to take Sauce at either five or seven because yeah, I think spot we, on. We all spot knew on. that they were going to they they all really like Sauce Garner, especially if the Jets would have taken, let's say, Kayvon Thibodeau. Then I think the Giants are for sure then at that point taking Sauce Garner. So if they do that, then there's not really a corner that they would reach on at number 10 that one's probably going to be a wide receiver anyways and they're going to like where they were sitting at wide receiver to take a wide receiver at number 10 so if you would have taken a pass rusher at four and a wide receiver at 10 then all of a sudden you would have been sitting there at number 32 or 34 no where, where were they picking they were picking they, they were picking 35 and they moved to 26 35 35 the the corners that you would have had the chance to take at oh, thirty five would have just right would have just been Kyler Gordon and Andrew Booth at that point. So to me, they did a great job looking at how deep this edge rush class was. Thinking George Karloftis, David Ojabo, Jermaine Johnson are probably all going to fall. Arnold Debicady, Bray right. Mafe, you're so a, you're a hundred percent right. They were in the perfect situation because they drafted Sauce at four to get the wide receiver they wanted at 10 and then to get flexible with how aggressive they were going to be to go up and get an edge rusher somewhere at the back end of the first round or even beginning of the second round if they stand, if they stood at number 35. So that's why I love this draft beyond just the players. And a lot of people go, oh, it's easy to love a draft because they had three first-round picks. I don't understand yeah. that. Well, Look at the teams that have had first-round picks over the last couple of years and they sucked. Well, They've made terrible choices. Shout-out Dave Gettleman. But, okay, so... The Raiders went through it too. Well... The Dolphins went through a two. Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany. So these, these are really good points. No these team really does a good job with it. These are really good points. These are these are really good points. I still think they navigated the right way, even with having the three first round picks. I really do. So that was uh, that was something that I, that I really enjoyed about their draft. The Brees Hall pick. Brees Hall is a good football player, man. They want to run the ball more. They don't have an RB one. They were eventually to complete this offense going to pick a running back decently high or sign a running back for a decent amount of chunk of change on a second yep. contract. You would rather pick a running back at the top of the second round, probably than, probably than sign up. If you are trying to get RB1 value out of them, and I don't know, maybe that's me talking off the top of my head. Maybe I don't know the numbers correctly, but they needed a good football player to be RB1 for them. I think Brees Hall is fantastic in a one-cut zone blocking scheme, but I also think that he's plenty patient enough for you to have any kind of blocking scheme in front of him, and he's going to perform well. He's got soft hands. He can play on all three downs if you want. 
think it was a good pick for him. Love the Jeremy Rucker pick as well. Um, he was almost my tight end one at, at some point. I was going through it, and I was like, man, I love what this dude could be. I love the fact that he's a Jersey dude staying in Jersey. So uh, Max Mitchell is another player that you and I talked about a lot. During they need the a swing tackle. That they I, got one. That I liked, that I really liked. Yeah, you really did. Borderline first-round pick around the senior bowl. Now, yeah. the senior bowl kind of changed my mind about it. It was like, okay, this guy's not as dominant or as advanced as I thought he would have been. But love the football player, getting him in the fourth round. You mentioned his swing tackle there. I give this draft an A for sure. Yeah, we were both really high on this draft, and it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out because um, all these guys are going to play, honestly. Garrett Wilson's going to be their number two receiver probably. We'll see how you know Corey Davis comes back healthy, but at a minimum number three. Ugh. Jermaine Johnson's going to probably get about 60% of the snaps because they rotate a lot on the D-line. Sauce is going to be their number one corner. Brees Hall is going to be their number one running back. Jeremy Ruckert's behind Uzama and Tyler Conklin, but he's going to get on the field a lot. And Max Mitchell is one more, you know, fan or Becton injury away from being on the field. So, yeah, this was a draft that you're going to you're going to get hopefully some early results. Um, the Buffalo Bills, yes, were the next team on the list for us, and they took Kyer. They traded up for Kyer Elam in the first round, pick twenty three. They got James Cook in the second round, pick sixty three. Terrell Bernard, the linebacker from Baylor, in the third round. No fourth rounder here in the fifth round, Khalil Shakur, a player that Trevor and I definitely liked in that spot in the fifth round. Wide receiver from Boise State. Matt Ariza, the punt god God in the sixth round. Shockingly, not one of the first couple special teams players taken. Christian Benford, defensive back from Villanova in the sixth round. Another sixth round pick, Luke Tanetta, offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. And then their seventh round pick was Balin Spector, linebacker from Clemson. All right. Brandon Bean, traditionally a very, very good team builder and mm-hmm. drafter. I'll go through mine pretty quickly here, Trevor, okay. and then I'll throw to you. All right. uh, didn't love anything, and that's that's okay because I liked a lot. I really liked Kyer Elam on this team. I think he's going to develop there. And I really, really like the fit of James Cook and Khalil Shakur in their offense. I think they have defined roles. Devin Singletary's a year away from free agency. I think James Cook's going to be their pass-catching kind of back and change of pace kind of back. I think Khalil Shakur can fit into that gadget player role for them where you find ways to get the ball in his hands. And I thought Ariza was a huge need. They had huge punting problems last year, and he was my highest-rated specialist by a big, big margin. I don't know why he wasn't the one of the top specialists taken. Great for the Bills. They got great value here getting him in the sixth round. I thought he was going to be a fourth-round pick in this draft. The only thing I didn't get... Uh, was Bernard that early? I just didn't value him sure. that way. I had right. him as player 204. He's a money backer. He's a sub-package player, probably a special teams player. They took him in the top 100, so didn't really get that one. Uh, B-plus for the Bills. Big fan of Brandon Bean. Big fan of what the Bills got going this year, and there is a reason why they are the current Super Bowl favorite, Trevor. Yeah, uh, look, a lot of our, our points are, are very the same here. I have him as a B-plus grade as well. The only pick that I didn't get was maybe Bernard that early, as you mentioned. it was I thought it was a little bit of a reach for what they were going for there. Uh, I felt like they could have waited even for that kind of that position that they were trying to build and strengthen in their roster as more of a rotational or backup guy. Maybe they see him as a lot more, but just for where he was picked, that one was one that I kind of didn't get. I'll, I'll one-up you a little bit. I loved them getting Kyer Elam in the mm. first round, and not just because he's a Go University Gators, of Florida baby. guy. But I love the fact that they finally really went out and invested in a CB2. Yeah. That is what I love the most about it. Not only do I think that Kyrie Elam is a damn good football player, I think he can play that highest level, most aggressive cornerback coverage that you're looking for, that press man coverage ability. I think he could be a good off-zone coverage corner as well. And just the fact that he gets to be a CB2 next to Tredavious White when he's fully healthy – tells you that you you've got those two guys you've got decent backups now at the cornerback position and you got two of the best safeties in the game when they're playing back there and so all of a sudden this buffalo bill secondary is awesome so and i absolutely look, love look that. at them playing the jets and the dolphins i know people will laugh when that comes out of their mouth but oh it's gonna matter man tyree kill jalen waddle garrett wilson elijah moore like it you're gonna need to be a little deep at corner and the bills yep. who are classic always playing a little bit of chess while a lot of theirs are playing checkers and and of course the bills are seeing the chiefs Bengals in the playoffs and things like that so yeah i'm with you trev and then liked james cook and kolo shakir i I, I think they're great players i think shakir gets to step in right where cole beasley um 
his his spot is is open now, and I think that he's going to be able to step in right away and play really well. I think he's got a natural feel for when he's got those two-way goes in the slot, uses space to his advantage. I think he can manipulate coverage and manipulate the guys that are covering him. He's very smart in his route running in that regard. I think it's going to be huge for the Bills. He's going to be a great player for him. And then James Cook, the soft hands, the great route running, the explosiveness that comes with him. Uh, just uh, for, for those reasons, echoing a lot of what you already said for those guys, it's a reason why I definitely like the Bills a lot. New England Patriots, it's time. It's time to get to it. Well, shoot, you didn't even. You didn't. I was going to say this. I feel like Teflon for this one because this was way better than the Vikings. And I know people are going to think I'm literally a lunatic, but I don't care. I, I sometimes think you're literally a lunatic, but I love you. That's why you're my podcast partner. <laughs> uh, at 29 That's in the right. first round, we've got Cole Strange. Uh, and as Les Snead would say, Tennessee Chattanooga in the oh, first he was round. up. He was jacked up about it. Second round, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Baylor, the speedster. Third round, Marcus Jones, the cornerback out of Houston. Round four, we got Jack Jones, the cornerback at Arizona State. We also had Pierre Strong, the halfback from South Dakota State, and Bailey Zappi, the quarterback from Western Kentucky. Nobody in the fifth round, but sixth round, we got Kevin Harris, the halfback from South Carolina. Sam Edwards, the edge rusher from Northwest Missouri State. Um, Jason Hines, the offensive guard from LSU. Then we got Andrew Stewart in the seventh round to round things out. The offensive tackle from Michigan. How'd we feel about it, Connor? You might be the highest in America on the Patriots no. draft, so let's hear it. I did not like this draft. Um, the value situation was actually pretty similar to the Vikings. The reason why they got a higher grade, or the lack of value, I should say, is because of the <laughs> the trade situation with Minnesota that I just I did not like. So here's the deal, Trevor. They probably took a third-round player in the first round in Cole Strange. They took a day-three guy in Tyquan Thornton in the top 50. I really like Marcus Jones a lot. Good he's player. one of the good best football. return men I've ever scouted, and he, I think he's going to be a good slot that could take away the football. The Jack Jones pick, I, I don't get at all in the top of the fourth round. I really like Pierre Strong for them. I was high on Pierre Strong. I had him as player 129. They took him 127, so... That, to me, checked out for a team that wants to run the football a lot. I mean, when you look at Bailey Zappi, it's it's their kind of guy, right? They're, Sam Howell is not the kind of fit they were looking for. Zappi is the kind of player that they want to function behind Mac Jones in that offense. Kevin Harris has some ability as a power back. I did think it was a little early to go running back again. One of my, my favorite pick, I guess, for them was actually Andrew Stuber. They got him 245 in I the like seventh round. Pick. I had him as a top 200 player. I really liked him. He's a big-bodied uh, pass protector at, at tackle, at right tackle, that was really reliable on the right side of Michigan's offensive line, and, and they like these hulking right tackles. Them and the Ravens, New England really likes that kind of right tackle. They're not worried about you having the lightest feet, but they just want to make sure you're a big monster that it's hard for pass rushers to get around and keep the quarterback upright and move people a little bit in the run game. So... Why they they really got no value on any picks besides Stuber and Strong. I kind of see them actually gathering pieces. I wish they were a little bit more aggressive. The Taekwon Thornton over that run of wide receivers is something that, for good or bad reasons, we're going to talk about for a long time. And I'm talking about Sky Moore, George Pickens, that kind of situation. Uh, I think, once again, there's just so many players that would have taken over Jack Jones in that spot. It was not a great draft. It wasn't a good draft. It wasn't a catastrophic draft. It's a classic bill. I got a piece at center. You know what's going to make or break this draft, Trevor? If Tyquan Thornton is much better than they think he is compared sure. to everyone else. And, sure. and I don't know if I fully believe in that. So for me, uh, it was a C plus. It's not a dud. They're going to probably walk out of this draft and they got two or three players. It's just a matter of how good can they really be. And I, I kind of am a little lukewarm or down on the upside and, and the value kind of hurt but i know you have much stronger feelings on this draft than me so please have the floor yeah uh you said that this draft wasn't a dud for you well i gave it a d for dud mm, yeah truly. it's the lowest grade we've had on the show I no think. question no question about yeah. it i i just i hated how this was prioritized and again you know you you mentioned the fact that they've got some players who could be good for them Marcus Jones, I'd like. I think he could be a great slot defender in the NFL. Again, he's a guy who's got good ball skills. He's small. He is a small dude. Comes in a compact size, but I think he's yeah. bigger than what his size is. Are we say so, fun sized uh, uh, on the show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. We can do. Yeah. We can do that. He, we are yeah, very I, appropriate I, on the stock exchange. Fun, yeah. Fun. We're the sex addicts. Fun stock. Yeah. But you know that word that works for me. <laughs> no. Yeah. So he'll give you good special teams value as well. I think the Patriots definitely value that a good amount. Cole Strange is is going to be good. 
Like, I think he's going to be a good football player. I think player. he's going to be okay. I think I, I think he'd I have be some good. concerns about that face mask. Have I you think, seen that face mask? Yeah, isn't it like uh, like an old school one? I, he looks like he's an extra in the movie The Blind Side. <laughs> okay, now I mean I'm serious. Now I have to look. Now I have to look at it. Like he's one of the teammates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of this Michael like Orr. The, right. This is the old. This is the old school face mask. Yes. With the with the bar down the middle. Yeah, why is he doing that? It's his sixth year in college. Didn't Bro, somebody by now be nice enough to tell you not to do nah, that? dude, he's a throwback player. Like this. Why Bill loves him. Bro, he looks like a long snapper. With no, the, I'm, 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 actually, no. I'm, up, I'm up in the grade. I'm up in the grade to a D+. All right, all right. I'm, I'm up in the grade. Hold on, can we backtrack here? You talked about Les Snead. What the hell was that laugh from Sean McVay? It looked like they brain chipped him. Did you see this? I clipped it out. I was, you clipped it. So I was so I was so excited for this. I, I'm going to use it 45 times in the next calendar year. I, I, it's like literally like they made a wax figure of Sean McVay and then put a <laughs> robot brain in it. And they were like, all right, laugh, initiation, laugh button. And he kept going and going. And everybody, he's like looking around and laughing like a Westworld <laughs> robot. Holy shoot, man! There's that was little, crazy. There's a little bit of nightmare fuel for him there, but he was—I uh, think he was trying to laugh to hide what he actually thought yeah, about yeah, Cole yeah, Strange yeah, yeah. going 29 overall. Yeah, um, he's no, like, so this I, could go viral. Don't I do think, it. Don't do it. Don't I do think, it. I think I think Cole Strange is going to be a good football player, especially yeah, playing solid. for the Patriots. I think he's going to develop well. He's going to play well. The thing is, you didn't have to pick him at 29. I really no, didn't, no, nobody was, was doing that. For, <laughs> the, the, the problem with this whole draft is the intel. The intel was shit. If you ask me, okay? <laughs> I'm so happy you cursed before me on a pod for like once. it was, it, dude. It was bad. What are you doing picking Cole Strange at 29 for? What are you doing picking Tyquan Thornton 54? What are we doing? Just making picks baby. again. I go back to I've said it a million times already, and people are probably sick of hearing me say it. No, I think the Patriots it. board was 18 players long. 18, I think it was 18 players long. And they said to themselves, <laughs> as everybody gets picked, we're gonna cross them off the list, and then whoever is the highest, we're gonna pick them there. Tyquan Thornton would have been available in like the third or fourth round, man. You took him at 50. Uh, Cole Strange probably would have been available in the third round for you to take. Third round. And you took him at 29. <laughs> Why are you doing that? And even if, even if it wasn't that bad, even if it was like, okay, some team might have taken him in like the late second. Trade down, Bill. Trade down. Who's in the war room and goes, oh my God, we got sniped for Cole Strange. Right, right. I, I think so many more war rooms are having the reaction that the Los Angeles Rams did. Oh, yeah. They watched his film thinking he was going to be available at 104. So maybe he might not have been available at 104. But if he would have been available at 74, trade down. Bill, come on, my guy. Yeah. If you're like gone phone lines during the out. quarantine draft, bring him back into the war room. Yeah, bring back the dog. Bring, yeah. back the dog, yeah, bring back the dog, Bill. So that was my thing. Like, I think that Marcus Jones can work out. I think Cole Strange can work out. I think Tyquan Thorne can have a role on this team. But I just felt like every player they drafted, outside of Marcus Jones, who I think was kind of close to value, they overdrafted almost all of these guys by a round. That's being Cole nice. Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Jack Jones for sure. I, I mean, taking two running backs when you already had Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Like... My guy. Didn't it kind of feel like the Tyquan Thornton pick? They had like their three, they printed out like the Cowboys did their big board. And somebody somebody mixed up the pages where like page four was in the spot of page two. So when John Mechie went, they're like, oh crap, that was the last wide receiver on page one. They turned the page and it was like, oh, Tyquan Thornton's next. And it's like, what? No, this is page four. Don't send in the pick. Don't send in the pick. And they did. Somebody, so, uh, somebody, somebody tried to clear up and enhance the Cowboys board. Did you see that? I read the athletic article on it. They did it. Okay. Oh yeah. So Kayvon Thibodeau, number one player. Kayvon at one, Evan Neal at two, Hutchinson three. Garrett Trevor Wilson, Penning. Garrett, Garrett Trevor Wilson Penning. at four. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. That's they love CD. Garrett's not that different. It's very Cowboys. I guess you got Gardner at five, Stingley at six, Walker at seven. Kyle Hamilton, 8. Icky at 9. Drake London at 10. Jordan Davis at 11. Charles Cross at 12. Lewis Seen at 13. Jameson Williams at 14. They passed on Lewis Seen. So it goes to show you they thought he was an awesome player, and they do not care about safeties in the first mm. round. Yeah, I did the then, same thing. I was then, like, oh, crap. They love Lewis Seen. And then I went back to the draft, and I'm like, no, they, did. they didn't care. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll, close this, I'll close the Patriots out on this because I think it's not being talked about enough, although okay. I just said it again. 
like Jack Jones for me was a top 300 player, 293. They took him at 121. Like you took 170 you said pounds. Top, you said top 300 like it was a compliment. Exactly. Like, look, listen, man. Look, technically Aiden Hutchinson was also a top 300. Yeah, exactly. Bro, they took a 170 pound corner. Yeah, man. At 121. Uh, I, I just, it was a lot of weird. It was very weird draft. Peyton, very weird. Bill does his own thing. and He like, does. And it's he, worked. But will it work without Tom Brady? He's greatest head coach of all time. Yes, but will it work without Tom Brady? Listen. TBD. Last words that are going to come out of my mouth is that Bill Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time. TBD. To be determined, Tom Brady, nothing. All right, Bill, Dolphins. Tuberculosis. Dolphins. <laughs> Rest in peace, Arthur Morgan. All right, Dolphins. Um, not a lot of picks, right? Not a lot of so, picks. Not a lot of picks, but they got Tyreek Hill, so the fans don't care probably that much interesting draft for me that they did not pick until 102 not very common in this era to not be picking until the outs the outside the top 100 them and the rams both did that in this draft they did really well with their with their only day two pick and their yeah. uh top of day three pick they got channing tyndall who mm -hmm. i valued at 82 they got him at 102 and they got Eric Izukanma, who I valued at 101 and they got him at 125 a jump ball receiver he was like really the the poor man's Drake London. Like, if you loved that kind of player and you knew you weren't going to take one in the first two rounds, you'd move on to Eric Izukanma, who had awful quarterback play at Texas Tech. He went through a million different quarterbacks. Uh, he made a lot of plays on the ball. I was really, really impressed with his tape. Really, really liked it as the sirens go by in Hoboken. They never stop. Oh, uh, Eric Izukanma. Beautiful Hoboken. It, it, yeah, yeah. We're just firing on all cylinders here. So, yeah. Dolphins, not a lot of picks, but I think Tyndall... It's funny, I compared Tyndall to Jerome Baker, who they have, so they like that kind of player, the defensive staff. Izu Kanma, I compared to Devontae Parker, who they traded. So it was kind of a funny... Well, it was actually like a really funny draft for me with the Dolphins, but not a lot of picks. Didn't care about the two seventh rounders. Did not have them on my top 300. Uh, I gave it a B. So the Dolphins, they made the most of what they had, and I was actually pretty impressed, but I'll tell you, Trevor, not that they could have fixed it with those two picks... I am very, very concerned about this offensive line in front of Tua once again. Yeah. Even after adding Teron Armstead. Right, and I kind of looked at it and I was like, damn, I, well, I want to give this a lower grade because they didn't really address the offensive line, but... How could they? Right, I mean, like, they signed, they signed Teron was Armstead. Gone. They turned... <laughs> They I mean, really, these are the teams that were thinking they were getting Cole Strange. I'm serious. They're like, hey, we kind of like this guy. We'll get him at 102. Psych. <laughs> Night one. <laughs> they signed Theron Armstead. They have Connor Williams now from Dallas. They got Michael Dieter. They have Robert Hunt. They've got Liam Eikenberg. And then they've got, uh, they've got Austin Jackson as well. Who, not good. Right. I mean, they have Solomon Kinley. Well, I'm going to give him a shout out. You're going to say not good again? No, he's fine. Okay, there we go. All right. But he's we not even projected to start. Well, so I think they've got the, the thing with, with Miami is. McDaniel's yeah. a rocket scientist. You have to, you certainly have to, to some degree, do what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing, like with wide receiver and just mm -hmm. saying like, uh, hey, we, we drafted guys, they were bad, we're, we're drafting more guys or we're getting more wide receivers in. But the Dolphins are kind of in this spot where they invested all this money into Ron Armstead. The guys they drafted kind of just have to pan out. Like, they, like these guys just have to develop. And if they yeah, don't... They're Chris Greer's picks. You are right. Cer certainly, you you got to hit the reset button for sure next year. But I can understand why they didn't necessarily go offensive line or force it at 103 with their first selection in the draft. Linebackers, really a big need for them as well. They needed to get some speed there. I like the fact that they got Channing Tindall, who brings them just that. Yes. I like Cameron Good as well. I think he's a high upside guy. Seventh round pick, but... Um, I think yeah, I got to really dive into him. I think he's got good athleticism to him. You know, he's, I think he's an outside linebacker type of guy, but you know, he'll, he'll be, he'll be good in their, in their multiple front defense. So I, I, I gave it a B, B, B plus, something like that. Pretty I good really, draft, all things I really considered. Can't hate on it. You're right. I really can't hate on it. That no, all things considered, they were fine. Um, once again, they're just not really working with much draft capital because they made a huge yep. trade for one of the best offensive players in the NFL. So and they they did to be fair to them they knew that you know when you have all that lack of capital that you have to go patron armstead because you could not go into that offensive line without that kind of building block so the dolphins have had a nice offseason it's just it's the it's the old classic and I, I i'm so sick of this because i hear it when i do all the jets content and i agree it's like oh well it's all depends what zach wilson does it all depends what tua does that's the right. league it depends what yeah. the quarterbacks do but at least give them a shot and the dolphins have absolutely 
uh, with McDaniel, who in my opinion is a top four offensive mind in the NFL. And we'll see, you know, if that defense can continue on without Flores, but a lot of his staff left over, we'll see what they could do. They're going to be a tough out. I'll say that. All right, before we get out of here, got to remind the good people, 25% off any PFF subscription with the promo code NFLS. E, you get the you get the draft guide, you get the fantasy football tools, the fantasy football guide, the in-season betting tools as well, if you're very into that. And then, of course, you know, all of the mock draft simulator and advanced scouting reports that we have once draft season rolls around again. So much great stuff, so much premium content over at PFF that you can get with a subscription. If you don't have one, 25% off using the promo code for this show, NFLSE. That's it for Connor and I this week. No bonus episodes. I know you guys are used to that. We had a bonus episode. Spoiled. Finishing the guest mock draft series. And then we add the bonus episodes after the draft uh, nights one and two, of course. But no bonus episodes this week. Getting back to our regularly scheduled podcast. As we get into the summer, we're going to start getting creative with a lot of our topics, a lot of our mock draft Mondays. Sometimes it's going to be drafting you know, serious topics. Sometimes it's a lot less serious and we'll open things up to a lot more fun. Yeah. It's going to be some sort of mock draft Monday format coming up for you at the beginning of next week. This is the NFL Stock Exchange. We'll see you guys then.